Welcome to Northern Gold, a football podcast from the Evening Express and Preston Journal. I'm Ryan Crail. Today I'm joined by Sean Wallace, Danny Law, who's phoning in from Marshall Square, the Aberdeen Journal's towers, and Andy Skinner as well up in the north. How are we guys? Good 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 Thanks, Ryan. Yes, hi. Right, we're on the very cusp this week of the 2022-23 league campaigns getting underway. We've just had the conclusion of the Premier Sports Cup group stage, so we know who our teams that got through are going to be played in the second round. But a lot of the focus this week will be on those first Premiership, Championship, League One, League Two games. This weekend we'll start, as always, with Aberdeen. They concluded their preparations with a win against Wraith Rovers, a reasonably comfortable win against Wraith Rovers at Pataudry, which also saw a debut for Bowen. Mayovsky, as well as the big talking point, CR99, formerly known as CR9. Christian Ramirez, of course, uh, his future still up in the air. But yeah, Sean, first of all, it's been a, a week of incomings again at Tawdry, and we've had one outgoing this morning in the shape of Mason Hancock, the young left-sided defender going to our broth for the season. We're also expecting David Bates to say goodbye, bid farewell to the Red Army and Pataudry and the Granite City and the North East by moving to Poland with Legia, Warsaw, the Dons getting a fee for that. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, but yeah, what, what do you think of the guys that have come in this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited about the uh, Calm Roberts. I mean, uh, a lot of people maybe turning up their, their, their nose at a move for a National League team player, but I mean, he seems to be a player very much on the ascendancy in his career. Uh, I spoke to his former manager, Lee Clark, earlier this week. Uh, Lee managed him at Kilmarnock when he took him on loan from uh, Newcastle United. And then once he was released from Newcastle, he took him to uh, Blythe, for even further down the, the leagues than Notts County. And he's known him since he was a kid at Newcastle and says he's a sensational player. He just needs the platform to show it. He gave him the opportunity at Blythe to kickstart his career. He grabbed it. Uh, Lee says he was like a million miles ahead of any other player in that league. He got his move to Notts County. Absolutely smashed it there again. And now he's got to step up to Aberdeen. And he's convinced he'll make a very, very strong impact at Aberdeen to such an extent that bigger clubs could eventually come sort of sniffing about Roberts. He says he's an exciting player, uh, a right-sided winger, left-footed, he likes to come on to his left, he's got a thunderbolt of a shot and can also play number 10. Uh, He also said that he can play left, but if you do that, you're sacrificing him, the ability of him to come in and unleash those shots. So I'm I'm very, very excited about what he can bring to the team. I mean, I haven't seen him in the flesh yet, but I've watched the clips on YouTube and I mean, there's some crackers in there. He was dubbed the Jordy Messi by Notts County fans, so that tells you what they think about him. So hopefully he'll get a lot. Of, he'll get game time at Parkhead on Sunday. I don't really expect him to start because if you're going to put him in the right wing, then you're going to have to take out Matty Kennedy, who's been very good this season so far. Matty Kennedy's up to full match fitness. He's been playing very well, so I'd anticipate Kennedy retaining his place. And you've got Vinny as well, who's been playing that central, almost number 10 role. So I would expect him to keep his place as well. 
Yeah, and I know Jim Goodwin had spoken uh, pretty openly about the feeling that he wanted to get a bit more creativity into the midfield because if this one thing the Dons haven't been short on in recent years, it's industry and sort of physicality in the middle of the park, and they've still got that in the likes of Ross McCrory um, and your favourite Ilber Ramadani. But yeah, they were they were missing maybe a little bit more. You know, of that sort of ability to when teams are camping in, you know, do like a bit of magic to to break those kind of teams down. Uh, Hayden Coulson, he also came in this week, which goes hand in hand, I suppose, with Mason Hancock being allowed to finally go on loan to our broth. Coulson seems to come with a pretty good pedigree. I mean, he's played quite a few games in the championship down in England for Middlesbrough. I think he was at Peterborough United last season. We're expecting on the left side defence, Keaton and Gwenya should be said to go out and loan to Wraith Rovers as well. I think um, Coulson, are we seeing him coming in as a first choice left back this season now? Yeah, it's a difficult one because Coulson's got a lot of experience. I mean, he's made 51 appearances for middles, but he's still relatively young. But I think it's in Aberdeen's best interests for Jack McKenzie to be the first choice left back I mean McKenzie's a, a, a real talent and Aberdeen need him to get regular game time to con- continue his improvement and hopefully get more regular games and eventually potentially move on to a bigger club that's the blueprint for the Dons so there's not much to be gained long term in giving regular game time to a low knee Apart from wins, <laughs> yeah. in, in terms of uh, well, can I can I can I can I state the, yeah, the, yeah, the opposite case of that? It's just that I mean the one thing that I thought was quite interesting with the Hayden Coulson interview was that he's been told he's surplus to requirements at Middlesbrough. He's um, was he twenty four? Um, he's got twelve months left on his deal. He's here on a you know, season long loan deal. So I mean, this is a player that you know potentially will be a free agent come the end of the season. And I mean, his whole interview was about he's he came up here he's got a point to prove to others and you know whether in 12 months time you know that I can prove myself and that translates into you know a, a permanent Aberdeen deal or a deal elsewhere south of the border or wherever um, he kind of sees this as his big opportunity to show what you can do and he was talking about you know how much um, you know he struggled to get regular game time um, over the past couple of years and he says that you know the reason that he's moved to Aberdeen is because he had a chat with Goodwin and it sounds like he was given assurances or at least, you know, the that the opportunity would be there for him to get regular game time. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he figures because, you know, I agree there's there's a few options now at, um, at left back. Um, I guess obviously, you know, Jack McKenzie's fitness, um, you know, that's obviously you know, one of the issues why they've obviously looked to strengthen that area. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's a, you know plenty of options there at the back just now. But do you think there's plenty of options on the left side of defence? Because I see I see Jack McKenzie, I see Hayden Coulson now. We've got Liam Scales when the games aren't against Celtic, who can play as the left centre-back. Jack Milne as well, I believe, is also a, a left-sided centre-back, but quite young, quite raw. With McKenzie's kind of uh, checkered history in terms of fitness, do they, do they need more options there? Because, I mean, you've got Johnny, that Johnny Hayes can play there, and... Um, and I, th- I mean, Hayden Coulson said, "You know, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm an out and out left back, left wing back, not a, 
you know, not a left-sided centre half. He he kind of sees, you know, his. He says he's, you know, can get down, you know, down the line, put crosses into the box. Um, but he sees himself as, you know, left left back is his position of choice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm not sure whether, um, you know, Johnny Hayes is obviously, you know, he shown that he can play there. Um, Jack well. So I mean, I think I mean you've got essentially, you know, three three guys, three four guys that can play left back. So that should you'd think that'd be enough strength for for the coming season. Coulson, it won't be a, it wouldn't have been lost on many Don's fans that Coulson, I believe, the first signing pictured in the new home kit, which would suggest that we might get to see the new home kit as expected at Parkhead this weekend. Fingers crossed. It's a beauty, as we've discussed on this podcast previously, for that Celtic game. Now, Liam Scales mentioned him there, playing Celtic, can't play his parent club, so he won't be eligible, so there'll have to be a change in defence there. Uh, Boyan Mayowski, as impressive as he was, scoring that thunderous penalty against Wraith Rovers and winning it after about 360 seconds of action for the Dons, I think it was, Sean, in your report. But, I mean, by the end of the game, he was gassed, or by the end of his, his performance, he was gassed, and they obviously brought on the Duke and uh, CR99 uh, up front in the latter stages of the game. There's a question mark there for me, I think, in terms of who starts up top, given this is a, a game against a, a very challenging game against Celtic, the champions. And as you said, uh, Roberts as well is another conundrum. Do we, do we throw him in from the start for his debut? What do you think, Sean? What do you think Jim Goodwin's going to do? I think Goodwin will start with Majowski, give him 60 minutes or so, see how he is. If he's, if he's still got yeah, gas in the tank, keep him on. If he's done, then take him off. Put in either Duke or yeah, CR99. But I think you've got to start with Majowski. I mean, he made such an explosive start, albeit against a lower league team and they throwers. But he showed enough for me in the hour or so he was on that he's got enough to start against Celtic. If he, if he can make such a positive impact... At Parkhead, then putting him in from the start will pay off. I, I just think he is the better option. With me, there's, he's missed too much chances against the lower league opposition. For me, I think Majowski is the one that if a ball falls to him in the box, he's going to bury it. On uh, on Duke, I think there was a there was quite a, I don't know if it was a humorous moment, a humorous and worrying moment against uh, Wraith Rovers when he went steaming in on the keeper uh, and lunged in and scythed him down. I think um, we discussed last week that he was raw, but that, to me, just underlined that he's rawer than a pun of mints, isn't he, at the moment? He's certainly fired up. We'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to close down, yeah. He's like one of those strikers, yeah, that just chases anybody in the back line that's got the ball. Like a, he's like a whippet. Um the only thing that remains to be said on the Dons, I think, is obviously their their second round League Cup draw. I won't ask you, Sean, if you're looking forward to Annan, because I know as journalists we're taught not to ask loaded questions. But um, yes, there will be that trip to look forward to uh, on a Tuesday night. Is it next month? Next month? Yeah, yeah the, the end of this month, I think. The 30th, is it? Yeah, 30th very end August. of the month. Yeah. yeah, We're still in July, Sean. We're still in July. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Anyway, all the, Andy. all the days merge into one. <laughs> yeah. We'll come to you next, Andy, as we discuss Ross County and Inverness. Okay, 
Andy. So I not to give myself credit here, but um, I did say if there was one thing that we still had to see from Ross County in the Premier Sports Cup on last week's episode of Northern Goal, it was that they hadn't quite, you know, despite all those signings coming in and looking impressive, they hadn't quite, you know, put a team to the sword. Yeah, and I think what were they two 0 up at half time? Yeah. At the weekend, and then they proceeded to score. Was it five in about twenty minutes in the second half to really, yeah, to really extend their winning margin? It was impressive, wasn't it? I think a lot of people, not just people of a Ross County persuasion, were getting a bit excited about what Ross County showed. Yeah, it was a joy to watch actually when they clicked into gear as they did in the second half, the, the early part of that second half in particular. Um, I think what it underlined was just the the number of options County have now got. Um, when it comes to really going at teams, and I know you know you have to take into you know consideration the the standard of opposition. You know these players haven't been signed to uh, you know perform against a, a League Two side. And that's no disrespect to, to East Fife at all, but it certainly shows that you've got a lot of players there that are really keen to make an impact and, and stake their claim for for this you know opening game against Hearts, which has clearly been. You know, a, a big focus of Malky Mackay and the, you know, the county squad. Um, so, you know, for it all to come together in that way, and for, you know, to be going into the first game of the season with, you know, a, a bit of a selection headache already, is you know a great place for them to to be. Um, Andy, we, me and Danny yesterday were discussing uh, Scottish fantasy football, and you know, as is always the case in fantasy football, you want to be the one that finds the player that's really cheap. But is you know actually going to turn out to be an absolute you know like like Regan Charles Cook I imagine would have been at the start of last season you know pretty pretty easy to get hold of getting your team without breaking the bank but you know turns out to score heaps of goals and be really influential over the course of the season would you say Kazim Malag Bay is going to be that guy I think we discussed him last week but he obviously scored the pick of the goals a thunderous strike against these five. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I could make a case for for each one of them. Uh, a leg to focus on on him. He's the youngest of the the summer signings, so um, uh, still kind of relatively unproven when it comes to senior level. But there's real excitement about what he can offer, just based on the potentially shown in the youth ranks at Southampton and in the you know some of the the Belgian youth sides as well. And when he came on against East Fife, he got the last two goals. Um, and the second one in particular, a really good sort of driving run into the, the box. Um, so, you know, that was a, a sign that he's kind of ready to come in and, and make an impact. Um, Awura Edwards has got a bit more first-team experience. Uh, his strike against East Fife was tremendous. Um, oh, I've got confused, haven't I, Andy? I've, I, the one I was talking about was the Edwards one. So... Yeah, I might, I'm not going to reassess my fantasy football point, but no, that was the pick of the goals, just to be clear to the listeners. Yeah, yeah. No, Edwards has got plenty of first-team experience uh, from other loan spells and, and has uh, you know shown to be quite a ready-made option, I think. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him maybe start more games, and certainly in the first few weeks. Um, blistering pace as well, it's been really clear to see. Obviously, Josh Sims, there's been a, a lot of excitement about him coming in from... Southampton towards the tail end of last season um, he went off really early in the, the game on, on Saturday Malky Mackay wasn't overly concerned about that one being a, a long term issue but we'll, we'll get an update on that one later today but he's already off the mark in the tournament as well um, William Akio, we got our first glimpse of him on, on Saturday yeah. uh, two assists Impressive. already yeah yeah um, 
you know, he was actually quite unselfish with the, the first one because he was in quite a decent shooting position. But, you know, he put the ball across goal twice with a real kind of panache. He, he just looked really, really keen to, to sort of introduce himself to the, the county faithful. And uh, again, he's one that's going to take a bit more time to, to kind of settle in, I would say, because just how late he arrived at the club. But there's there's a lot of excitement about what he can can bring. Um, and Jan Danda is the one that hasn't actually got off the, the mark yet, but he provided three of the assists. And, uh, three out of the seven were, were directly uh, created by him. So, as I say, there's the, the, they can't pick them all when it comes to, to Saturday, but, you know, it's a good uh, selection headache for, for Malky Mackay to have. And, you know, I would imagine, you know, those that don't start will still have a, a big role to potentially play in the, the latter stages coming off the, the bench. For them multiple people this week saying that there's probably three sides battling for the final spot in the top six if you you try to predict it before the season so you're thinking being that Celtic, Rangers, Hearts, Aberdeen are all in there as are would be Dundee United what are we talking yeah they all be in there does everyone agree with that as a sort of top five who have I missed Hibs Hibs are probably the team that you've maybe Hibs missed. you think Ooh. With the early cup campaign. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but then you've got the likes of maybe like Kilmarnock, Ross County, you know, down there, maybe competing for that sixth spot. Do, do you think Ross County fans at the moment would be agreeing that that's what they should be targeting? Well, given that they made the, the top six last season, um, you know, that has to be the, the, you know, what they're aiming at again. Um, I don't think it will be necessarily, you know, the expectation that they, they make it on the basis that it's, you know, it's very difficult for a club like Ross County to to sustain that, um, you know, just given the budgets that, that clubs do operate on. I, I know they've you know, they've obviously recruited and they've spent money in doing so this this summer, but um, just when you look at the scale of, of the clubs that they're going to be up against and trying to get there, um, you know, you wouldn't consider it to be, you know, massive underachievement if they, if they were to finish seventh, for example. But, you know, I think they'll certainly... You know, as a minimum, look to be in the conversation for that top six when um, you know when March, April comes around. Uh, as long as they're they're pushing for it, then you know that would that would certainly be the the, the, the target. And you know, if they were to to make it back to back top six finishes, then that would be another first for them. So um, you know, they timed their run to to perfection last season by kind of getting the, the wins they needed at the, the business end of the season. Um, you know, if they can get themselves into the top six a wee bit earlier and, you know, consolidate that position with a, a bit of time to go, then obviously that would probably go down as a, you know, an improvement on, on last season. So it's um, it's a good position for them to be in. A, a tough start for them. They've got three of the, well, the, the top three from last season in their opening five games. Um, and as much as, you know, I've spoken quite a lot about the the change that you know has been forced upon them in the attacking areas. The one thing that's I think served them quite well for this opening period and the game on Saturday in particular is the 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 continuity of the the backline um, because they've they've managed to keep that largely intact. Um, County were a, a side that you know we spoke about at length as struggling to keep clean sheets pretty much ever since they came back to the Premiership, but. In the latter part of last season, you saw the the partnership between Jack Baldwin and Alex Yakoviti really blossom, and 
they were able to to see out games um, when it really mattered. They've obviously got Connor Randall who came onto a really good game at right back as well. Um, so with all those, you know, those three players still being there, Ben Purrington's come in at, at left back and looks a, a, a solid option as well. Um, you know, I think it's quite important that they've got that that kind of bedrock behind them as they go into you know some of the games against the the sides that are expected to be at the, the top end of the table. I mean, if we're expecting them to compete with Hearts um, in terms of, well, league positions or be just below Hearts maybe in terms of league positions, then what a statement to get three points this weekend. It would be Inverness then. They obviously had a tight clash with one of our other sides to round out their group stage campaign in the League Cup. Cove Rangers up there in Inverness. 1-1 draw followed by a 5-3 Cali Thistle bonus point earning penalty shootout win that's earned them a clash with Motherwell at Fir Park in the next round their opener in the championship is quite interesting isn't it Inverness, Queen's Park a side coming up much like Cove that are ambitious obviously the difference is Queen's Park are a, a full time professional outfit nowadays um, taking their first step in the championship is there kind of like a is this is, is there a banana skin feel to this for Inverness? A wee bit, I would say, yeah, given that it's a bit of an unknown quantity and, you know, Queen's Park have, um, you know, made some really interesting signings over the, the summer. Um, you know, they've they've certainly strengthened a bit quicker than Cove. I know Cove will have, um, you know, plenty plans to, to bolster their squad before the end of August, but, uh, you know, Queen's Park do look like they've got quite a, a competitive squad there. Um and I guess, you know, coming into this one as a, a home game against a newly promoted side, there's a, a weight of expectation on Inverness's shoulders. And after what they did last season in, you know, taking their playoff push to the wire, there probably will be that target on their, their backs a little bit this season, which, um, you know, is a, a kind of a new pressure that they'll they'll have to deal with. Um, they've obviously got off to a really good start this season in, in qualifying from the, the group stage of the the League Cup for the first time since they since they've been in the Championship. Um, so that you know from the very start indicates progress that you know from the previous seasons. Um, it gives them a, a psychological boost to take into the season. But uh, you know it's obviously that Motherwell Cup tie is still a, a wee bit off, and you know it's it's kind of forgotten about for a, a few weeks, as the the focus really needs to be on on getting off to a. A strong start in the championship. They they did that last season to great effect with five straight victories, and it's going to be a really tall order to to replicate that. But you know they'll certainly hope that if they if they can't do that, then they're they're not far off it because uh, you know it really carried them through some difficult stages last season and kept them you know up at that top end of the the division throughout. Uh, so it's it's you know hugely important that they they start off well. Danny, in terms of Cove. After the weekend, Jim McIntyre was talking about how light they were squad-wise going into the championship season. I think I think they're sitting at something like 16 players, is it? If you don't count Rory McAllister, who has just recently, in the last hour, left for Montrose, uh, having been transfer-listed previously. Ross Draper as well, who they, they signed last summer under Paul Hartley, former Ross County midfielder, of course. But he spent, you know, he was injured and he spent time on loan at Elgin City try and get fit he hasn't even been involved in pre-season I don't think with Cove so I mean his future surely lies away from the club Um, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with that but yeah they're still here we are at Thursday and they've still not made any signings this week despite being really light you know on Saturday so 
I mean, I had a Wraith Rovers this weekend. It's I don't I, I just I worry for them at the moment a little bit. I think so. The the squad size. I mean, it looks it looks light on numbers, especially you know you're going up a division to the championship. I think had Paul Hartley still been there, um, you know, I think he would have wanted, he would have you know already identified the areas of the team that he wanted to bring in players, and there would have probably been targets that he already had. Some of which he might have you know already taken down the road to Hartlepool. Um, Jim McIntyre's obviously came in, needed a bit of time to see what he's got in the building, um, but also you know a, I mean a lot of teams are saying it's a difficult market just now to find players and also. The, you know, if they're going for loan players, that a lot of the, some of the teams in the top flight were holding on until after the group stages of the the League Cup before sanctioning loan loan moves. So, I imagine that you know we'll probably see a little bit of um, transfer activity from quite a few clubs over the next couple of days, and and you'd expect Cove to be among that because the squad looks looks light. But um, but going into you know this weekend's game, also it's a huge. Huge game for Cove. Um, first game in the the championship uh, against Wraith Rovers, which will be, you know, I think you know Wraith showed enough against Aberdeen that they're going to be quite a tricky tricky team. Um, but I, I I find it really, I'm well, I'm going to the game myself, and I'm I'm excited for it. I'm intrigued to see what Cove are you know looking like under um, Jim McIntyre, how things might be a little bit different. But I think it's I think it's really difficult to predict. Um, what to expect from Cove this season? Under Paul Hartley, I would have said that they were going to be, you know, safe from relegation, pushing to get into the playoffs. Jim McIntyre, I don't know. So I'm hoping that, you know, when I go to the game on Saturday, get a little bit more answers behind that. What sort of team? Because they're a team in transition now, but they're also going up to the highest level, a level they've never been at before. And they're also, you know, they probably haven't got as many players in as they would have liked so far. So it's um, pretty, pretty interesting times, but... I would expect, especially with Rory leaving, that um, yeah, we might see one or two arrivals in the in the coming days. If not in time for Wraith, then you know certainly the following week. Slightly disappointed to not be getting to see what Rory McAllister can do at Championship level. I know that I was kind of I was kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, I was I was the same. I was excited. I mean, I um, I can understand why if if Rory is under the impression that he's going to be a, a bit part player, maybe only coming off the bench for you know, 10 minutes here and there and not really going to figure, then, I mean, I'm sure he was maybe hoping for a role similar to last season where, you know, there was periods of the, the campaign where, you know, he was almost the main man or he was playing up top with Mitch, whereas if if it looks like it wasn't really going to happen this season, then, you know, at his stage of his career, I can't see Rory being the type of guy that would want to just, you know, be sitting on the bench and not getting on, not making an impact. Um so I, I mean, I imagine that might have been you know an issue that's prompted him to, you know, maybe want to to make that move. Um, obviously, you know, Brecon City were really keen to uh, bring him back to Glebe Park, but um, but he's opted to to go for uh, for Montrose. I've got no doubt that you know he'll be scoring goals for Montrose this season. But I think that you know a player of Rory's quality, if he'd spent enough minutes on the park, he would have scored goals for Cove in the Championship as well. That's just just what he does. In terms of Peterhead in League One, a similar situation to Cove, still really light. Determined to make signings this week, haven't made any yet. Um, they'll probably be missing 
Jason Brown this weekend from Central Defence because he took a pretty serious and head knock. Um, although he was, I think he was given the all clear with just concussion. Um, but against Sterling Albion last weekend, his Airdrieonians as an opener reasonably okay for Peter Head because as one of the well, they're a hybrid club, aren't the Airdrieonians as opposed to a full time club but as is always the case in League One if you're a part time side playing one of the hybrid or full time sides maybe the pressure is off slightly so is it a good one to start with? Well I, I mean I, I'm I would say just now I'm probably a bit, you know a little bit worried about Peterhead just in terms of um you know the group stages of the League Cup, you know, weren't great. Four four games, four defeats, like no goals scored, thirteen conceded Two of the teams in the group were in the league below Peterhead um, in Dumbarton and Stirling Albion. So, you know, that's that's a concern. And, you know, if Cove are light on numbers, Peterhead are really light on numbers. Um, and they've lost, you know, big players with big personalities and likes of Scott Brown and Simon Ferry that we know what they, you know, took to the dressing room, took to the squad. And, you know, the Hamish Ritchie injury is obviously a massive blow because, you know, he's one of their best players and um, in my book and coupled with that I think League One looks you know a really tough league this year there's a lot of good teams in there um, so it's it's going to be tough for Peterhead and you would like to see you know a few additions coming in that's you know going to give the players that are already there and, and Jim McAnally as well that you know that confidence that um, that they can do something this season but um, they, I mean they'll also be hoping now that now that the group stages of the League Cup where clubs they wanted to hang on to their players in case of injuries and because there's quite a quick run of competitive games um, that now that's gone and teams are back to playing you know a, a league game every week that you might see a few, they might be able to get their hands on a, a few more loan players but um, yeah I mean they'd certainly be really keen to get to, to bolster that squad ahead of um, ahead of this weekend against what's going to be a tough game. I don't know if their squad is still being bolstered going into the league campaign with Jamie Redman, obviously their former player that was back to help them out last weekend, as well as I think one of Jordan Brown's mates out of the Aberdeen Amateur Leagues has also been in their well, was also in their squad for Sterling Albion. So it'd be intriguing to see whether he's part of the, the picture for Airdrionians. Elgin City, finally, um, we were full of praise for Elgin's attack against St Johnston last week in their penultimate League Cup group game, but uh, Gavin, Bri- Gavin Price. <laughs> Blamed their loss in their closer against Queen of the South. It's a 2-0 defeat, I think, in the end. But a second-half switch-off. Andy, I recall discussing Elgin switching off at the start of the second half and then losing a game in League 2 maybe upwards of 20 times last season. Is is that a concern going into their league opener? Um, I mean, he'll certainly hope that it's out of their system. Um, you know, in the, the, the cup competition, I suppose Elgin went into that game with with not much really other than, you know, preparation uh, for the league season at stake. So, um, you know, if they are going to, to have those moments, then you'll hope that, you know, his his words after the game will, will serve as a, you know, a timely reminder that that's uh, not something they'll be afforded the, the chance to do in, in, in the league games. And, you know, after what was a disappointing season, it's, it's vital that they get off to a, a good start. Um, I mean, I think Gavin is quite optimistic about the, the prospects for the, the season ahead. He He's kind of identified himself some of the reasons why it went wrong last season and, you know, he brought the players back a bit earlier for pre-season. He's you know, kept a, a good core of, of the squad who, 
he clearly still believes in, despite the fact they underachieved last season. Um, and he's he's added quite wisely so far. I think he's still keen to, to bolster the squad before the weekend and, and maybe beyond that as well. But, uh, you know, obviously it's a, a game against East Fife, a, a side that, you know, I saw last week who, although they've come down from a, a higher level, it, it looked like quite a young East Fife team with the exception of a couple of you know, well-known names like Stuart Murdoch um, and, and Scott Mercer. But, uh you know, I think this is one where Elgin will look to to kind of stamp their their mark on uh, you know one of the other teams that's it's going to be you know quite optimistic about trying to to push for those um, you know promotion spots up at the the top end of the table. Right, guys. Final question of the day: six teams starting their league campaigns. When we come back here next Thursday to record. How many wins out of those six will our teams have secured? Three. Do you have any? Oh, two. Andy's gone lower. Danny. Um, I would also probably say that two would probably be the safer bet out of all of those options. Um, some maybe, difficult games. I don't know. I don't. I mean, some some weeks you get some weeks you kind of know that. I mean, it's not often that you know all of the teams that we cover win every week. Um, but sometimes you know you get weeks where it's four or five and also when you're kind of putting together the the coverage for you know in the Monday scoring thing sometimes you feel like if all the teams lose that it should be really like a black masthead because it's quite you don't like it when you're flicking <laughs> through all the pages Monday. and all the all the all the teams have lost um, what's, what's your so team you out of interest Danny uh, Inverness and no I'm just uh, I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm playing the numbers game I would say because I think I wouldn't be surprised if um, I could see Aberdeen doing something this weekend I could see Cove Getting off to a good start, you could see Peter. I don't know Elgin. You don't know. So I'm just. I think that in a lot of those games, that you know the teams that we cover are probably not favourites to win those games. Um, but you know, you've still got to. You still got to expect. I mean, how, I mean, how many out of our teams there will start as you know favourites to win at the weekend? Not, not that. Inverness for sure. Um, I think Elgin will be keen to do something against East Fife, but. Uh, yeah, it's difficult. Other than that, you you don't really look at many of them being favourites. But uh, it's the start of the season. It's An a, attitude a towards Elgin Andy that has sunk a million accumulators. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode of Northern Goal. Thanks to Andy, Sean, and Danny for joining me today. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. If you've liked the episode, you can like and subscribe in your favourite podcast app in all the usual places you can email northerngoal at dctmedia.co.uk and enjoy the games this weekend cheers hope you loved the episode and if you did we'd be grateful if you could leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to pick up your copies of the Press and Journal and Evening Express every day for the best football writing and analysis in the north